Cairo, Seattle. This is COVID-19 Seattle, a Cairo Radio special report. I'm Aaron Granillo. It's the end of a school year like no other before, a time usually marked by proms, senior skip days, and, of course, graduation ceremonies. <laughs> Closes without any fanfare. And the grief is real. Seattle Pacific University is surveying about 2,500 people, seeing how teenagers and young adults are reacting to the pandemic compared to people ages 25 and older. And while both age groups say they're experiencing more depression, the results show younger people are feeling greater levels of loneliness and anger. Most students in the class of 2020 were born in the shadow of 9-11. They begin their next chapter in the middle of a worldwide pandemic. College freshmen don't know what class will look like this fall, while college seniors enter a job market during the worst recession since the Great Depression. Obviously, the economic upheaval is going to destroy the class of 2020 for years and years to come. Christine Weitz is graduating from Occidental College in Los Angeles. Her ceremony was supposed to happen last week. Instead, she's back at her childhood home in Everett, where she's been living for the past two months after the pandemic shut down campus. I'm one of the reporters on the Occidental newspaper, and I was covering since the beginning of March and end of February how a lot of our study abroad programs, especially students in Italy, were having to flee their countries quickly and try to get home before the borders closed and everything. And I had this like gut-sinking feeling that this was going to happen to us too. And in California at the time, no one thought anything wrong was going to happen to us. But I'm from Washington, and my family here is in Everett. And right when Everett declared their state of emergency, I knew that something was going to happen. I remember vividly the day of the announcement. It was March 12th. So I was part of the breaking news team for that, and we had gotten noticed a few days beforehand that there was going to be an announcement at 10 a.m. that day about whether or not we are going to be transitioning to remote learning or not. The day of the actual announcement, I think I wrote in my journal that it was one of the longest days of my life because I had already woken up extremely early to interview a student in Denmark who was under quarantine because she was exposed to coronavirus. And then I already got Slack messages coming in, like counting down until 10 a.m. when they were going to release whether or not we were going to go to remote learning or what was happening. And then I was on Twitter constantly every hour, and there was news of other universities and schools in California that they were closing too. And everyone's phone started buzzing the moment that our university president, Jonathan Veach, sent the email. And everything got really quiet. No one was really crying. No one was really saying anything, but we all knew the same thing, that like, nothing was going to be the same ever again. We actually got our notice that the on-campus graduation was going to be canceled a about a month later after that. So it was a while waiting to figure out like what was going to happen. I know my family was still trying to work out our plans of how we were going to get back down to California if we didn't want to fly, if we could drive or not. So our graduation ceremony... It wasn't technically canceled. We have our actual in-person graduation scheduled now for next spring. And next month in June, we will have our virtual ceremony. I had been looking forward to this day for so long. I've had it on like my resume when I'm going to graduate May 17. But with our virtual graduation moved and 
There was nothing really happening that day. It was very normal. I woke up late as usual, probably past noon. I celebrated by making myself a grilled cheese sandwich. And I went driving around town with my brother. I think for the first time in over a month, I actually went outside and left my house. There's a small wetlands park near where I live. And I just went there and sat at the pond, staring at frogs, listening to birds. I guess that was my way of celebrating. Though my brother, he did celebrate more for me. He bought me the new Animal Crossing game. <laughs> During this quarantine, I've had a lot of time to read through all of my past journals. Because that's one thing I love to do. I always write everything down. Because I love this idea of being able to talk to my past self and tell her that everything went all right. It all turned out well in the end. Because I'm naturally a pessimist. So this is my way of like attempting to be an optimist. So as I came back to my childhood bedroom, it's ironic that I wasn't able to tell her that things turned out all right, that I graduated with a brilliant job and I would only be back in Everett for a week or two before I moved somewhere fancy and classy as a star reporter, but instead I'm stuck here. I covered my entire wall with sticky notes about ideas and plans I had for the future and what I wanted to do with my life. And I wrote on January 18, 2020, so right before I had to leave to go back to campus, I wrote, next time you read this, please tell me you're happy. And I got home and I saw that, and I put another sticky note back to it as if talking to my childhood self, April 20th, 2020, answering the question with a simple no. So I think it's ironic that I had all these great plans for the future, but it wasn't like my own personal failings that let myself down. It was something completely out of my own control. I had so many expectations for myself that I would graduate from a great school and I would get a great job and that would make me happy. But I have none of those things and I don't know when I will ever get any of these things. But then on the other hand, I've been reading so many other articles talking about how this will make the class of 2020 and all these young people stronger than ever, because as the world like falls to pieces, we're going to have to rebuild it. And it doesn't mean that we have to rebuild it the same way. We can rebuild it something new, something better. So I think that's one of the things that is giving me hope. And I know that this entire situation will probably make me stronger as a person because I've obviously overcame so much already and I'm only just 22. So how do graduates feel about their final days of college being wholly online? Thousands of college students across the nation are asking for tuition refunds or discounts, arguing they aren't getting the same value through online learning. Some are taking things a step further by going to courts. There is no known legal action against any university here in Washington state, but at the University of Washington, a group of students has founded the COVID Advocacy Coalition. Timothy Billings spoke with Dave Ross about what they're pushing for. Right now, we are currently asking for a $600 tuition reimbursement for every student. And this would essentially give students enough money to help pay for their rent, help buy groceries for a month, 
Billings said they landed on the number after conversations with the two dozen students who make up the coalition. We understand that there are significant financial strains on the university due to the situation, but we also understand it's the same situation for students. You might not get the $1,200 stimulus check from the government. You might not have a job anymore. Your parents might not have a job anymore. And to be left out on that is really difficult. So we had some students want to do a similar $1,200 for every student, but we understood that that would be around $80 million for the university, and that was an unrealistic expectation at this moment. Alex Davidson is another founding member of the coalition, and he says he looks at this as a consumer rights issue. I mean, we have the Consumer Bill of Rights where um, if you don't receive like what was advertised, you are entitled to compensation or whatnot. The university advertised one type of education, and ultimately we are not receiving that anymore. Some major universities face class action lawsuits claiming students are not receiving the education they were sold. So far, none has offered tuition refunds. So how has the spring quarter been going for Billing and Davidson? Sitting in my room, much like almost every single student, because it's very difficult to shelter in place, but not only shelter in place, but have to do a college education at the same time, where you're constantly asked to memorize things, constantly asked to sit through lectures and to do exams. And it's very difficult. I had to do a midterm last week while I had a bunch of dogs barking. I had my parents knocking on my door. I had some siblings fighting. And it's a difficult situation. Yeah, nothing much you can do when the siblings start fighting. Alex, what about you? I mean, I've kind of taken over my dad's old office to kind of create a space for me to study. But it's still not the same as having those places that you have set up at the university. And yeah, there are a lot more distractions. It's alarming that a lot of those major requirements I'm having to take, I feel like I'm not really learning it as well. It's hard to focus. I'm just barely getting by on a lot of these exams and it's will most likely impact my GPA also. Sure. And you're also not getting, you're not getting to know your professors. You're not getting that personal relationship with them and you're, you're not able to network. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many, how many people I attended college with used it as a networking opportunity, which they, they called on for the next 20, 30 years of their careers. Separate from the coalition, a change.org petition asking UW for a partial refund has gathered more than 15,000 signatures. UW responded by saying they would not issue refunds and have echoed what many other universities have said, that operating remotely actually costs them more. Billing and Davidson says there are all kinds of circumstances that make this quarter difficult on students. I mean, our international students, we have one who is, I believe, from Thailand and experiences basically the opposite hours that we experience. So when it's day here, it's night where she is. When we take tests, it's her nighttime when she should be sleeping. So all of these students are experiencing some degree of burden because of this uh, switch. Last month, more than 900 students had already dropped out of the UW this quarter alone. We can't say for sure why, but that's about 400 more students in the same time last year. So what's the next step here? You've uh, you've staked out your argument and you've uh, made your demands. Have you had a response? We're currently in the process of going through to student government. So Alex and I and one other senator worked together to write up a resolution asking for this and laying out the situation. And we have received significant pushback. And it's been very difficult to go through the process because it's hard to find a situation where you get the right amount of money for students that need it. And then there's some people who argue that 
this isn't a realistic ask. And then there's some people who just don't feel they want the money and it's not worth it. So we're currently in the process of working with some of the senators to get advice so that way our student government can advocate for this to administration. But as of right now, Alex and I have been working independently on the sides and hope that administration will hear us. Many schools are turning online to salute their seniors, and many A-list celebrities have rallied to celebrate the class of 2020. Actor Tom Hanks honored students at Wright State University in Ohio, virtually, of course. We who celebrate what you have done, we celebrate all of your achievements, we are certain of one thing on this day. You will not let us down. Oprah Winfrey called this year's seniors the chosen class. Never has a graduating class been called to step into the future with more purpose, vision, passion, and energy, and hope. And former President Barack Obama had this video message for 2020 seniors. Nobody can tell you, no, you're too young to understand, or this is how it's always been done. Because with so much uncertainty, with everything suddenly up for grabs, This is your generation's world to shape. And then there's what's happening in Arizona. It's not quite virtual, but it is a -a one-of-a-kind hologram graduation-style ceremony. The audio, sound, and visual company VX3 in Phoenix came up with this idea. Chris Roos is co-owner and joins me now. Hey there, Chris. Hey, how's it going? Good, thanks. So can you first take me back to the, the brainstorm session that sparked this whole idea? The way it all started was, you know, VX3, we're a corporate company. We do uh, large conventions, and uh, about seven weeks ago, pretty much everything was canceled. Uh, We lost all of our business from now until we actually really don't know until when. So we brought in all of our freelancers and our full-time employees and sat in a room and said, you know, uh, what's our next step? You know, how are we going to keep these doors open? One of our colleagues uh, brought up the point that, you know, his son was graduating uh, this year as a senior and wasn't going to be able to, you know, walk a stage and graduate. So we kind of ran with that and realized, hey, you know, we got this holographic uh, technology in-house here. Let's set up a studio in our warehouse and let's start messing around and see how we could create something that we could pitch to high schools or any school and make a graduation in, in in a way that we could do social distancing and make it a, a safe environment, but still have the ability to give these graduates the chance to graduate on a stage. Describe for me what, what it looks like and, and how does this hologram technology work? So the hologram, it's basically a mesh fabric. Get this in like a, a silver, so it's very, very reflective. Um, and we stretch that in front of the stage and we use projection to basically project the image of the principal or dean who is in another room. And they're actually able to interact with the students on stage through this technology. So the principal is in another isolated studio somewhere else. Uh, and then what? And then a student is in a, another setting, right? Correct. Yeah. So we've been setting up in theaters at schools so that the main stage in the theater is where the students will walk up and there's a lectern on the stage 
And then there's a little table back behind it with the diplomas on it. So when the student is actually walking up to the lectern, they can actually talk to the principal as they're walking up if they want to. How many graduations have you done now? Uh, we've done eight schools. Eight schools. Okay. What has the the feedback been? And I'm and I'm mostly curious about what the students have had to say about this because I think it's a very cool idea. I think it's amazing you're able to pull this off. But I also want to put myself in the mind of an 18 year old high schooler who says to himself or herself, "Yeah, this is this is lame" or something. Like I wanted an in person graduation. I have to do this hologram. You know, what have the students been been saying about it? Well, no, and you're absolutely right. I mean, obviously, every student wants, you know, an in-person graduation. That's what you grow up expecting to have when you graduate high school. The feedback has been amazing. Once they walk into that auditorium or theater that we're in, you know, you see this really cool studio. And, I mean, even as myself, being in this business, you know, for 16 years now, I walk into that theater, I'm like, wow, that's really cool. It's something to be seen, and it's they walk out of there like, whoa, that, it's, it's the second best thing, I think. But even the parents have given us a lot of feedback. You know, this, this is way better than sitting on a football field for, you know, three, four hours, you know, in the heat, especially out here in Arizona. You know, everybody's just really infatuated with the technology. All right, so hologram graduations, they sound great. But how can we celebrate graduates here in Washington State without a soundstage and this magical mesh curtain? One of the talk shows at Kiowa Radio was doing something very exciting to help make 2020 meaningful for high school and college graduates at home. G. Scott is here from the G and Ursula show to tell us all about it. Absolutely. So June 5th, in light of everything that's going on, uh, there are a bunch of families who are affected by this pandemic. And so there are the 2020 class won't be having the normal graduation ceremonies uh, across the state and across the country, for that matter. And so we wanted to do something special, and we wanted to try to do our part to try to celebrate those families, kids, and loved ones to have something to remember uh, for the graduating class of 2020. So on June 5th, we are going to do the G and Ursula's commencement, 2020 commencement address, and we're going to be having been fun with that we have uh some entertainers that are going to be joining the show we have some professional athletes that are going to be joining the show and it's just going to be a bunch of fun uh i'm so excited about it the people that we have that are going to be a part of it are very excited about it as well and we just we just want to do our part we know we can't do everything we know we can't come close to to uh making what it's like to have that graduation for family and loved ones to be a part of such a special occasion, but we just want to try to do something. And I know, I mean, parents and families, they can get involved too. They can send, you know, uh, congratulatory messages to you guys, right? Yes, they can. Uh, there is a email address that is has been set up. It's uh, Cairo Graduation 
I believe, Graduation at gmail.com. And if they want to send in a video and say something to their loved one uh, to say, like, my son or my daughter or my niece or my nephew uh, graduating from this school and congratulations to them, whatever type of thank you message for, you know, about 30 seconds you send it to us and we're going to be playing those things on our show as well. I heard Sully's. Man, he... Uh, Man. That was emotional. It was. It was emotional. Um, I won't share our commencement speaker. I won't share that. But I will share with you guys. It hasn't been shared on our show. I'll share with you who's going to be reading some of our poems. And he is a local celebrity here. Um, He's a Seattle Seahawk. And he's been known to, as a matter of fact, he wrote a book on poems as well. And he's super excited to be a part of this. Tyler Lockett is going to be reading poems for the commencement address for 2020 on June 5th. So the fact that he's excited, our commencement speaker, we're going to keep that kind of quiet until then. But uh, we also have some entertainers, musical entertainers that you guys are going to know of and have heard of. That's going to be fun. And we have other professional athletes that are going to be a part of this. It's going to be a good time. Yeah, very cool. Gee, I know you have a couple of, of young sons who uh, one is a, is a freshman in college. Uh, and, and how old is the other one? Is he, what, a sophomore? Or? He's, a, he's a junior. A junior. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are the conversations that you've been having with your sons uh, in, in light of all of this and what you're teaching them um, about resiliency and, and, you know, the future that lies ahead for them? Mm. Great question. That they have to grow up right now, right? If we all can agree that there is going to be a new normal after this, if we all can agree that the way that we go about life is going to be different going forward, if we all can agree that the state of Washington is the leader in unemployment claims of its workforce at 30 percent. So if we know that the state of Washington is the leader in unemployment claims throughout the United States, what does that mean? That means that when things, quote, try to go back to normal, there is going to be an effect. There's going to be a rush and a try to to get employed again. And jobs are going to be tough and small businesses is going to be tough for them to open. Considering when you have the the billionaire class over the last three months have added four hundred and thirty five billion dollars to their pockets, which means that small businesses are going to have a harder time adjusting throughout this pandemic. So what I tell my kids is this. You're going to have to grow up. You're not you're not going to have that period of in your 20s when you kind of decide what it is that I want to do it oh let me let me see what I no you need to know what you want to do right now and you need to do it like you don't have any time to make mistakes and I believe that a lot of the 2020 high school class that um, that are graduating this year um, this is going to be a difference right this is going to be something that they're going to remember forever like this is like hey wh- when did you graduate oh I graduated in 2020 oh Oh, you did? Tell me about that. This is a very special class that's going to be graduating and because they're going to just be thrust into society and have to make or break things. So the biggest thing that I tell my kids, Aaron, is that the time is now. The time is to be great now. You can't wait to be great. You have to be great 
right now. That's G. Scott from the G and Ursula Show. Check out their graduation special June 5th. Thanks so much for the time, G. Appreciate it. Appreciate you too. Getting that first job out of college can be difficult under the best of circumstances. The class of 2020 is graduating in the middle of a lockdown with unemployment in the tens of millions. Dave Ross spoke with the career coach to get some advice. I remember what it was like to get that first job out of college. I sent 110 resumes to radio stations across the country. Regular mail, no email, of course. Then I was going to I was ready to move anywhere and do anything, and I'm sure there are a million grads today ready to take all sorts of risks to get started, except they find themselves entering what, by all accounts, is the worst job market since the Depression. So we thought we'd bring in Catherine Saxer. She is a certified career coach and Seattle Times columnist. And when you look at this job market, I mean, imagine yourself in the in the place of a college grad today. It, it, it feels hopeless, but is it? Oh, it, it, it's not hopeless. It's it's probably pretty hard, but it's not hopeless. Um, last couple clients I've had conversations with recently um, were both the conversations were um, about negotiating multiple offers. So it's not completely dead out there. That's good to hear. So what advice would you have for people who they've drawn the short straw to be graduating in the year 2020? It's not it's not forever. Right. And we will get through this. And then there'll always be, you know, the class, you were the class of 2020. Like, how did you do it? <laughs> right. right. So, I mean, there's, <laughs> that might be hard to appreciate in the moment. So, um, so college graduates are always, it's a really challenging time under the best of circumstances. Right. And there, there's three things at risk here, right. For, for these young people, the first is confidence, right? So this job search is probably going to take longer than their expecting or wanting, right? It's not impossible, but it might take longer. Mm-hmm. And they are at risk of losing confidence. The second, the second sort of thing at risk, right, is opportunity. And then the third risk is uh, their, their wages. So on wages, I'm sure that most employers will, whether they're doing it deliberately or not, take advantage of the desperation out there to sort of uh, lowball the salary offer, right? And and so how do you protect your own interests when you probably don't have the the upper hand in that discussion? Yeah, it is an employer's market now. I mean, I certainly would be careful coaching a client right now on, on a hardball negotiation, right? So I would coach these young people. As soon as you land that first job, you start planting the seeds for the next one, right? So if you settle in at that salary, right, you're setting that in stone for the long term, right? So if you have to take a job at a lower salary than you were hoping for, that you wanted, that you feel like, you know, is, is um, market rate, you start planning the next job, right? So two years from now, you can, you can move and you want to be actively, proactively pushing your salary up so that you don't take like this long-term hit on your earning power. And what has changed in terms of um, resume preparation? From what I hear, uh, sometimes the resumes go through a, a software filter. You know, they're looking for certain terms sometimes. And it's difficult to know what it is that makes you, you rise to the top so that you at least get the call. 
So my take, Dave, on applying for jobs online is that it is largely a black hole. There's this uh, study that came out in 2016 um, that uh, 70% of jobs were through networking, right? I mean, we all know that we're supposed to network, right? A network starts with one person because the person, that neighbor that you just happen to be talking to who isn't in your field is, is maybe married to somebody who is or has a sister who is, or, you know, you have no idea. Mm-hmm. Networking is just about making friends. It's about being excited about exploring what's, what's out there, like what the opportunities are. It's not like this humiliating conversation begging somebody for help. Right. Like and and I think that's why people uh, don't network, because it feels like so potentially fraught Um, and it doesn't need to be right. It's super fun to talk to people who are doing really interesting work in the world. Right. Like that's awesome. So one thing that I would um, advise recent college graduates is to take the time right now, you know, if they, if they can afford it, to take the time to like explore, to use this time to explore, to, rather than sort of having like a frantic, desperate feel to their job search. What if they could do it to explore and talk to a lot of people and get like really clear about what it is they might want to do? like for this first job rather than like desperately like trying to find something. Yeah. All right. So be clear then on what you enjoy doing and are good at. Start making friends and getting to know people and then hope one day the phone rings with one of those friends saying, you know, the other day you were telling me about how great you are doing talk shows. I just happened to hear of this job someplace. (laughs) So I wanted to clarify one thing you said right there about, um, getting clear on what you're good at and uh, what you want to do. Most of us don't really know, right? When you're about to start a networking project, there's a whole lot of preparation you want to do ahead of time so that it sounds like you have a plan, even if you don't have a plan. Okay. Dreadful questions are really interesting to me, right? So over the last 10 years or so of doing this, I've collected six dreadful questions. I call them the dreadfuls, the six dreadfuls. The first dreadful is, so Dave, tell me a little bit about yourself, (laughs) right? So for a lot of people, that's a dreadful question. And that's going to be the first question that you are probably going to get in a, like a, you know, casual chit chat, networky chit chat sort of conversation. Since you know, you're going to get that question. If you can get ahead of that to have a really good answer to that question that you know you're going to get so that your your mouth can be busy answering the question and your brain gets to be, you know, funny and making eye contact and managing your body language and thinking about the next thing and improvising in the moment and doing all the things we want your brain doing, not stumbling over words and not being able to answer a super simple question like, tell me about yourself. The fourth dreadful is how can I help? And if that, if the person you're talking with, the person you're networking with doesn't ask you the fourth dreadful, doesn't ask you, how can I help? You have to make the ask, which is super hard for a lot of people, right? And if it's hard, you really practice it beforehand. So, you know, Dave, given our conversation so far and what you know about my my interests and my background, where could you see me slotting into an organization like yours? Where could you see me adding value, right? And so you get a whole lot of ideas there, like things you hadn't thought of and job titles. And if, if you don't ask that question, you're like missing all these ideas that you would never have known about. 
you know? So you pump them for information, not just them pumping you. And then the sort of fourth, you know, the fourth dreadful part B is you need introductions to people outside your network. So Dave, who can you recommend that um, I should talk to next? And I always like to make the point that it's not a yes, no question, right? Because it's too easy to say, ah, no, I can't think of anybody. Let me get back to you, right? But there's like this implied flattery, like, who do you know, Dave? Because you're so connected, obviously successful, connected person. You're going to know these important, you're so influential, you're going to know these people. So who can you connect me to? Well, that does sound kind of daunting. It sounds to me like the bottom line is you got to get a career coach. (laughs) Well, I've written about all this also. You just read my blog. (laughs) All right. Well, that's good. At least that gives people a, a way to get started. And, and and also, you seem to be saying it, it really doesn't matter what the the economic circumstances are at the time. These are these are the kinds of strategies you're going to need no matter what the economics of the moment are. Uh, yes, absolutely. Particularly for recent graduates, you, you can't blow off like basic job search strategy, right? And recent college grads should be using their career services, right, from their colleges. Like you spent all this money on all, you know, this tuition, like use the career services, right? They can help with resume review. They can do mock virtual interviews with you. Um, There's all kinds of um, job boards that, you know, and relationships with employers that any graduate should be using I think now more than ever. All right, good. I hope there's. I hope some people listening have um, at least gotten a little inspired that it's about the networking, and you don't really have to know what it is you're good at, and you don't really have to know what your skills are. What you have to get are ideas for where you would fit into an organization, and also to uh, give people a chance to get to know you and and presumably like you. Yes. Knowing exactly what it is you want to do, it sounds a bit like the best laid plans, mm-hmm. right? And life just doesn't work that way, and careers sure don't work that way. You end up doing oftentimes like completely different things than you thought you were going to be doing at the beginning. This has been COVID-19 Seattle. We put out longer episodes like this one every Saturday, hoping to bring you unique and in-depth coverage of coronavirus stories in our community right here in Washington. And a thank you to all of our guests this week. You can follow Christine White from Occidental College on Twitter. Her reflection on the abrupt end to her senior year is available in the episode description. Also, thanks to Dave Ross and Seattle's Morning News for the interview with students at the University of Washington. And thank you to Catherine Saxer as well. You can find her Seattle Times column online. And if you'd like to get involved with the virtual celebration the G and Ursula show is organizing, visit their Facebook page. Stay with us throughout the week for a daily news recap with myself and Dave Ross. We are taking a brief hiatus for Memorial Day, but we'll be back on Tuesday with more local coronavirus news. This podcast was produced by Laura Scott with reporting by Alec Downing. I'm Aaron Granillo.